If you will, turn with me to Ephesians 3.20. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we can ask or think. Y'all, I can think pretty big. He is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we could ask or think. According to the power that works within who? Within us. The power comes from God. There's no question about that. But he's going to work it through you. He's going to work it through me. He's going to work it through your neighbor. He's going to work it through your child. I hesitated in titling this message superhero because it just sounded, to me, it just cheapened it. You know, I think of a superhero as a cartoon. Don't get me wrong, y'all. I love Marvel. I like I like my comics and stuff. I, I watch, you know, all that stuff. So I know, J.D., don't cringe as I say this. But I think of comics. I think of a superhero as a cartoon on a screen, a comic book, a plastic character on a shelf. But I got to looking, and I was like, all right, Lord, because he just, he wouldn't leave it alone. So I was like, all right, what's a hero? So I went to the dictionary and looked up exactly what a hero is. And it said, a hero is a person who is idealized or noted for courageous acts or nobility of character. Nobility of character just means somebody who is good. A hero is simply someone noted for being courageous and good. Y'all, this is who you're called to be. The word tells us there is nothing good except for God. But when we're walking in his good and perfect will, we are walking in that goodness. When we are courageous enough to stand boldly for him, we become that hero. It's not something to be cheapened. It's something that the world is hungry for. That's why there are comic books and movies and action figures. Because the world needs a hero. I'm thinking of that song, I need a hero. (laughs) But here's the thing. We have to be set ablaze with his goodness. Our hearts should be burning bush. Set ablaze with God. There should be people that come up to us and wonder, my God, what is going on? How are they able to sustain this and not be consumed with the world? You know, Moses looked at that bush and he's like, how is it not consumed? And God's like, hey, focus. The world needs to look at us and go, How are they not consumed? There's so much junk going on in this world, so much death going on in this world. How are they not consumed? They never even get burnt. They're just like a blaze. 
It's who we're called to be. You know, God doesn't want you to sit on your blessed assurance. He saved you for a reason. Amen. We're not here to sit around all day and blend in with the world. What's the point of getting saved if there's not for something more? He wants to use you. He saved you because he wants to use you. Because he wants you to encounter him. Because he wants to have a fellowship with you. Because he wants to walk hand in hand into the world, setting people free. Getting them on fire for him. I don't care who you are. A farmer, a pharmacist, a teacher, mechanic. I don't care who you are. Stephen in Acts, he was a deacon. He was just a deacon. He wasn't a healing evangelist. He wasn't a pastor that, you know, went into the homes, raised the dead. He was a deacon. A man who refused to settle for anything less than God's perfect will. A deacon that was hungry enough to go into the world and refused to let people settle. And he was so good at it. He was so good at it that the only way Satan could stop him was to kill him. And even then he was so good at it that most people say he never felt pain. He sat there getting stoned to death, one hit after another. And he says, oh, I see the son of man sitting at the right hand of the father, even in death. He sat there and professed who God is. Even in death, he was so close to God that he couldn't feel the pain of the world. Even in death, he said, God, don't hold it against them. Because he was so close with God. Because he was so set afire with him that he was a hero. He was courageous enough to go out in the streets knowing what they could do to him. Knowing what they may do to him. But he knew we needed the goodness of God. And he said, I don't care what it takes. I don't even care what they're doing to me. Lord, forgive them. They need you. They need your love. They need your goodness. They need to encounter God. This is why the world doesn't know him. They've not encountered him. And it's my fault. It's our fault. Because we've not taken it to him. We've not been the hero. We've not been courageous to go out and do good. Y'all, Brian, my mama, they like Italian food. For me, it's just another choice. Hit or miss. Take it or leave it. Whatever. But about a year and a half ago, Brian and I went to New Jersey. Mm. I won't even tell you about the whole meal. We'll just start with the marinara sauce that was with the appetizer. I'm talking like 
oh, in one moment, this little southern girl said, oh, molta bene, ti amo. Oh, and then I wanted to come home and smack Chef Boyardee. Because I'm like, I don't know what these things that say Italian on them are. That ain't Italian. I didn't like Italian because I never encountered Italian. But I went and I encountered Italian. <laughs> Let me tell you. So good. God's the same way, y'all. For the world, Iron Man, Superman, all these other men, Muhammad, the little fat dude that sits at the nail salon. Somewhere in there, Jesus is thrown in. He's an option. If one doesn't work, you go to the next. You just check them off. Yeah, that one didn't work. Yeah, that one didn't work. But what happens when the world meets up with us? And we are so packed full of God's flavor. Y'all, I'm telling you, I'm not even joking. Brian was like, the lady came around to clear off our appetizer stuff. And it was, it was in this little dish. It was like a genie lantern jar thing. You know, it had a little handle and it was supposed to pour on your plate. Brian grabbed it and he's like, hmm. He said, you can clean up all the other stuff. He said, but this stays with me. What happens when the world encounters a people that are so set afire with God that they experience something they've never experienced before? So wonderful that when the world comes and throws its punches and tries to wipe them out, suddenly the world says, you can take all that. Take my home. Take my car. Take whatever you want, but you won't take my God. Because no matter what it is, I can't live without him. I can't imagine ever tasting anything that could be as wonderful as Jesus. This is what happens when we get set ablaze with him. This is what happens when he flows through us. You see, it's time for the river of God within us. To flood this nation. And it's there. It's stirring. As you're sitting here, Lord, I can I can feel it. I can see it. It is stirring on y'all. And y'all are going, oh, I wish I could do that. You can. You were created to be the Wonder Women and Supermen of this world. Not this fake Hollywood crap that's got demonic darkness mixed in you're women that are called to go out into the world and make them wonder you're men that are called to go out there and do these super feats that humans aren't to do peter walking on water it's not a fairy tale jesus raising the dead it's not a children's book these are things that we're called to do. And Jesus said, you'll do these things and greater. This is what you are called 
to do. You are called to be a superhero because the world needs you to be who you were called to be. The world needs you to be who Jesus died for you to be. How dare we be so prideful to settle for less? How dare we slap Jesus in the face and say, I'm okay to just sit here? Who are we? If not superheroes for God, what's the point? What are you here for? What do you come to church each Sunday, Wednesday, Thursday, whatever day you go, what do you go for if not to obtain something more? And God is so hungry to give it. He is yearning to pour out who he is to us. You know, I opened with Luke eleven eleven earlier and I said, when we ask for a fish, he won't give us a snake. But you know, when we ask for him, he's not going to give us the Chef Boyardee fake stuff. He's going to give us him. All of him. His goodness. His greatness. But we've got to go to him. We've got to pick up his word. We've got to come to his house. We've got to get on our knees in prayer. We've got to surrender all. We've got to say all and nothing less. We've got to be willing to give all of me and nothing less. Because if I don't have all of him, everything is less. It's time to put ourselves aside. Because the same way Ephesians 3.20 says he works within us, he can't do it without us. We're his hands and feet. But he can't do a work through us that we don't allow him to do within us. We want to see the world change. Even the biggest heathen says, I don't know what's going on with this world. It's just going to hell in a handbasket. I mean, even when darkness you know, recognizes that it's getting darker, you would think that we could. We want better for this world. But before the world can be transformed, we have to be transformed. No hero, be it real or fiction, ever made a difference without a transformation. Clark Kent was a paper boy. He had to change into Superman. Diana Prince was a nurse. She had to change into Super or to Wonder Woman, whoever she is. Moses had to leave Pharaoh's house. Joseph became a prisoner. And even the Son of God became a man. We must allow God to transform us if we're going to be who he has called us to be. Y'all, we're not doing him a favor by showing up here on Sunday and checking our box. And we're not doing the world a favor by being PC. Stupid is as stupid does. It is what it is. Do 
Do you think Jesus was PC when he looked at Peter and said, Satan, get thee behind me? Do you think he was PC when he chain, flipped over the money changer's table? You know what PC does? Gets people straight to hell. Because it's settling. It's diluting the word of God that was sent out to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to set people free. And it's saying, well, now, I don't want to offend you, but I don't want to offend the spirit in you, but I'll definitely offend your flesh. And I don't mind doing it because when that flesh breaks off you and you step into the spirit of who God's called you to be, praise God and welcome to what life is called to be. You know, we'll go out here and we'll promote network marketing businesses. My Facebook is flooded with them. Everybody I should know have, should have like the cleanest skin, the cleanest house. There should be like LuLaRue all over everybody. Some really awesome jewelry, some super cool nails. And they're going to tell you why it's going to get you out of work so you can come home and be with your babies. And some of it works. I've seen it. But why won't we as boldly say, you may be able to get home and spend time with your babies, but let me tell you how to get them healed. Let me, how to, let me teach you how to get your kid so hungry that she gives up part of her summer to go sit in 12-hour conferences to hear the word of God. Let me tell you what you need so you aren't in debt anymore. Let me tell you what you need so that cancer has no place in your household. Let me tell you what you need to live a life full of joy and abundance. How come we won't network that, but we will all the other crap out there? That's a hero. Someone courageous enough to tell people the real source. And like I said, not knocking it. Network marketing has its place if God's called you to it. But never will God call you to a business or a network marketing or a hobby that will take the place or be higher than his word and his call for you. Never. He won't take you to a promotion in your job that's going to have you missing church on Sundays. He won't give you a raise that keeps you traveling all over the world, but never preaching his truth. You see, the pride of the world is looking to find fault with everyone but themselves. And they're looking to find a source in everything except for the source. Meanwhile, their spirits are hungry for something real. They're hungering to know there is something greater than what they've experienced. They're hungering to know there is something greater than themselves. And you know why? Watch as a plane goes plummeting from a sky. As a person falls off of a roof. Or as our child lays in a bed sick and dying 
What do those people say? Oh, God. God, please. Because here's the thing. We're created in the image of God. Our spirits know he's there. They know that he is greater. They know there's more. We've got to take it to them. We've got to be that blazing bush for them that says there is so much more than just the smoke. There is so much more than a firecracker that every once in a while goes off. A hit or miss lottery. There is so much more. There is a fire that doesn't wane. There is a fire that will ignite your life if you allow it to. And once they encounter the fire of God within us, the smoke will never be enough. In just a few months, winter is going to be upon us. Who's going to go looking for smoke? None of us. We're going to go looking for a fireplace because we need the fire to get us warm. Smoke kills. So are we smoky Christians or are we Christians ablaze? Being a smoky Christian is that lukewarm Christian where he says, be hot or be cold. But if you're lukewarm, if you're smoky, I will spit you out of my mouth because you are leading people to hell. People need the fire that will ignite them. We have to be that fire. Who's the fantastic four dude that catches on fire? We got to be him. Was it Johnny? I think is his real name, isn't it? There you go. I knew something. We've got to be that guy, that girl that walks through wherever we are on fire, that anything that even gets close to us catches because it is so real that they come in to see. And before they know it, they're ablaze themselves because they've encountered something that they can't back away from. Because somebody was courageous and bold enough to go out into who they were called to be. No child watching those heroes ever dreams of mediocrity. No child that watches ball players ever dreams of being a bench warmer. We're born hungering for greatness, hungering for something. Something wonderful. It's only when we encounter the world that it's, we start to settle. But no person, black, white, young, old, rich, poor, no one who ever achieved greatness settled. They wouldn't settle for anything less. When you watch the Olympics and you watch these great athletes, the gymnasts or the swimmers or whoever, football players who are awesome, what do they do? They live, sleep, eat, whatever it is they're going after. You talk to their mom, 
the kid slept in his football uniform. He wouldn't take it off. We had to buy him a second so he could wear it while I washed it. He ate football-shaped chicken nuggets. He ate green beans because I told him to make him a better football player. That's all they can think of. And because of that, they achieve greatness because they give themselves wholeheartedly to what they're going after. Nothing would move them. It's like, I think of it like the Lion King. You got Simba and Mufasa sitting on top of the mountain. And he said, everything the light touches is yours. There's nothing you can't have. Everything the light of God touches is ours. There's nothing we can't have. But yet we're content to sit in the elephant graveyard of death. It's time that we hunger. It's time that we say, no longer will I abdicate the throne. I've been given a crown of righteousness, and I will wear it boldly. Everywhere I go, I'm going to shower with my crown of righteousness on. I'm going to go to work with my crown of righteousness on. I'm going to go to Mickey D's with my crown of righteousness on. I'm going to go to Cub Scouts meetings with my son with my crown of righteousness on. Not because I want you to see me wearing a crown, but because I want you to ask me about it. Because I want you to ask me how you can have yours. Because I want you to know that there's one sitting there with your name on it. Because I want you to know about the king who died for you to have it. I'm not going to settle for less for me or for you. And it's time... That's what the body of Christ says. I will be a hero because I will not settle for this world having anything less than their crown of righteousness. Greatness is a part of who we are. It's why we don't fit in with the world. I can't tell you how many people call us for counseling or post on their social media site. I just don't fit in. It doesn't matter what I try. I just don't fit in. I don't like girls. I don't fit in with them. I'm not like other girls. No, you're not. You're called to be great. You're called to be something more. You're called to lead those people. You're not called to follow them. You are called to be the hero that leads them out of the life that they are secretly hating. The life that Hollywood stars are killing themselves to get out of. They have the glitz, the glam, the popularity, the notoriety, people writing to them wishing they had their life. Their faces plastered all over the walls. And yet they despise their own reflection. They can't get away from it fast enough. They need a hero. They need someone who says, I don't care what that person makes. I don't care what their title is. All I care is that God has called me to be a hero in this world. And I will go tell them who he is and who they are in him. Hollywood stars are great. They've got an awesome mountain that they could take. 
Can you imagine if Christians got into Hollywood and really set it afire? What would it do to this world? But they need a hero. They need you getting up off your blessed assurance, getting out into the streets, venturing to the places that aren't comfortable, not fitting in so that you can boldly stand out. They need you to be that hero. They need you to not settle for them because they don't know how to do anything but settle. It's all they've ever seen. They need somebody who will tell them there's something more for you. They need you. They need you to be who you're called to be. They need you to be bold enough. A black woman was bold enough to sit in a seat on a bus and it changed the world forever. A disciple was bold enough to step out onto the water and it changed the world forever. It's time that we stop settling and being miserable. This is why we're miserable. Because we've settled. An encounter with God changed Saul, who had persecuted Christians for so long. He became Paul when he encountered God. Everything about his life changed. We are who we are because of a simple encounter with God of one man. Y'all, I'm no longer Nicole Pruitt, right? I am a child of God. I am no longer a wife, a mother, a daughter, or a friend. But it is because I am a child of God that I am able to be a great wife, mother, daughter, and friend. I went through 18 years of my life sitting right next to Christians. I heard them talk about him, but I never saw an encounter. I never hungered for it. They weren't any better than I was. In fact, much of them were worse off than I was. But one encounter changed everything. There's a big difference in hearing about God. We can go to work all day and talk about him. But people need to see him. They need to see him in us. They need to see him through us. It's when I saw that that I couldn't stay seated, that I started hungering, that I had to ask, what is it that you're talking about? What is it that I see in you that's different? Because there's something within me that feels like I'm going to die if you don't tell me what this is. I've got to have it now. This is what the world will do when they encounter God through you. You know, we hear all the stories about Saul, and we judge all the things that he did. But what if no one ever helped him to experience God? There are Sauls out there that we are judging every day. And all it takes is one of us to introduce him 
takes one of us to take God to him so he can have an encounter with God. There are Pauls out there waiting for an encounter. And yet they'll die us all because they've never experienced the God within us. I see posts on Facebook. I saw one this week about it from a supposed pastor, not in North Carolina, making such a judgmental statement. And I'm like, what if instead we loved? What if instead the people that he was judging are wrong in their actions, not denying that. But what if instead he took an encounter with him? What about the pause that could have come out of that? God didn't, didn't move. He's not left. He's here, waiting to be found within us. It was the Christians sitting quietly, being PC, that let God be taken out of our schools, out of our homes, out of our government. And until we have Christians who step into being the hero that they are called to be, we will continue experiencing more abortions, more suicides, more mental illness, more babies dying in a heated car. The problem isn't stupid people leaving their babies in a car. The problem is there's no God in this world unless we take it to them. The problem isn't gun control or laws. The problem is the heart of man hasn't encountered God. And until we who have him within us take him to the world and have our encounters, they're not going to hungry for their own. I didn't hunger for Italian food because I'd never encountered it. Brian could tell me all day how good it was. That's great. I'm glad you've encountered Italian. That was good. I haven't. The world hears all about our encounters. They need to see it. They need to feel it. They need us taking it to the streets. They need us being okay to walk through the aisles and pray for someone that needs healing. They need us being okay for a brother of Christ to walk up to me and say, baby, you're not doing this quite right. Can I tell you a better way? They need us being so hungry for all of him that we encounter him daily because we refuse to have anything less. I learned about a group this week called Freedom From Religion. I've heard Freedom Of Religion. It was a group called Freedom From Religion. And this guy was saying, I'm not against religion. I just think that when I go into a government building, we should be on a level playing field. I call bull because you're not. You're not on a level playing field. The king of kings died for you to be raised and seated. You are not on a level playing field. Stop settling for their stupid PC seeker-friendly language. Stop trying to make everybody happy because we all just want to be equal and get along. You're not called to be equal and get along. You're called to love them enough that you want to raise them up. 
I will pray everywhere I go. I will pray for you even if you don't like it. I want you to pray for me on the days when I am not feeling good, not acting good, not looking good, not whatever. I want you to be bold enough to pray for me even if I say I don't want it. Because within me is a spirit that needs that prayer. That needs someone to say, this PC junk is junk. I need something real. I didn't come to fit in with you. I didn't come to be on a level playing field with you. I came to take you to heaven with me. So you could meet the king who died for you to be raised and seated. You're not on a level playing field. This freedom from religion guy is not on a level playing field. Christ died for him. And while he may be the Saul of today, he needs us to be the heroes that we are because that may be the Paul of our generation. And it needs one encounter so the scales can fall from his eyes. But if we won't be the heroes we're called to be, he'll never see it. And he'll die and go to hell. And whose fault is it? It's ours for not being the heroes that we were called to be. He has a choice, yes. And if he's seen the encounter and he chooses to walk away, that's his. But how many encounters are people really seeing today? We're called to be so much more. We're expecting godly actions from the godless when we, his children, won't even introduce them to him. We have a job to do, y'all. Acts 1.8 tells us that we will receive power when we experience the Holy Spirit. And when we do, we will be the witnesses to the remotest parts of the earth. This is why we do live stream. This is why we do Facebook live. Because we need people to see these encounters. We need people to hear this word. Because it's we who are endued with the Holy Spirit, with power. And it's we who will be the witnesses to the remotest parts of the earth. That's who we're called to be. The power of God was given to us to set the people free. It's when the Holy Spirit comes within us and is allowed to stir us, we become revival. There's not many churches out there that I don't know that aren't praying for revival. And it's sitting right there in those seats. It's sitting on the pews, waiting to be released. It's the Holy Spirit stirring us to raise our hand and praise. It's the Holy Spirit stirring us to dance. To get lost in worship. It's the Holy Spirit stirring us to go lay hands on our neighbor. Even if it's their first time and we don't know them. To say, I don't know you. But I love you and I want to pray for you. When that is freed from within us, revival will come. And it can be today. It can be tomorrow. It just takes us releasing the Holy Spirit within us. He is bubbling on the inside of you. He is wanting to get out. 
He is wanting to do a work through you. He chose you. It's time for us to decide if we're going to be set afire or just soak up the smell of the smoke. Because here's the truth of the matter. Either the fire of God is going to burn off the flesh or so many people are going to burn in hell. And I don't mean this as a doom and gloom message, but it's a call to action. We've got to burn for him. We've got to be on fire for him. We've got to be so hungry for him that the movies don't quench our hunger. That food doesn't quench our hunger. That hobbies don't quench our hunger. That the only thing that matters is learning more about him, confessing him, taking him to the world. We'll start to go to Walmart, not because we need groceries, but because there's people who need him and we have him. That's when the world changes. That's when we see a difference. It's when the people say, Lord, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and I will be used by you. Here I am, Lord, send me. That's when we walk in the superhero that we're called to be. That's when we can stand here and we can say, human trafficking is no more. Suicides are no more. Overdose, bondages to drugs and alcohol, no more. Identity crisis, no more. Men don't need to wonder if they're a man and women if they're a woman because they know who they are in Christ. Abortions are no more. Don't tell me about the dog and the cat that you saved on the road if you're standing here while babies are being ripped apart. No more. Because I will be used, we will be used to bring God's will on earth as it is in heaven. No longer will marriages be torn apart. What God joined together, no man on this earth will ever break. Because I won't settle for it. Because I won't let your marriages be ripped apart. Because God tells me he has something good for you. And because I love him and because he loves me, I love you and I will fight for your marriage. Because today, as a superhero, we say love reigns. Joy reigns. Peace reigns. Life reigns. God reigns. Because we won't settle for anything less. Because we say, Jesus died for me. And regardless of who you've been, I need you to experience who he is. Because I love you too much. Because God reigns. Because I want his will on earth. I want his will in your life. We have ex-druggies sitting here. We have ex-alcoholics sitting here. We have people who have had abortions sitting here. We've had people who have lived their entire life cold as a popsicle. And we have others who have sat here lukewarm. Deserving to be spit out by God. 
We've had people done unimaginable things right here, watching on live stream. And yet I'm here to tell you right now, the only thing that matters, not who you've been, not what you've done, not your temperature up to today, the only thing that matters is the one unimaginable thing that was done for you. And that was God leaving the throne, coming in the form of a man, walking as a man. He didn't walk in his godly power. He walked as a man simply by the leading of the Holy Spirit, simply by talking to God the same way that you and I do. And then he unimaginably, voluntarily stood there taking the whips that made him unrecognizable. With one word, just like that, he could have been taken away. He could have gone and not experienced any of that pain. And he wasn't like Stephen. He didn't sit there and see the heavens open. He didn't sit there and see Jesus at the right hand of the God. He sat there and he took on all of the pain, all of the abuse, all of the sickness, all of the pains from bulls, from cancers, from collapsed lungs. All of the sin, all of the punishments that we as lukewarm Christians deserve, he took it on for us so that we wouldn't have to. That's the only thing that matters here today. He took that on for you. He saw you as he was doing that. And he said, I can't bear for them to experience it. I myself will take it on for them. So it's time to make a decision. It's time for you to make a decision. Do we sit here trapped in the body of this world? Or do we allow God to transform us into the hero that we're called to be? Because this one decision that you're about to make, this one decision that you're pondering now, and I don't care if you've been saved for 40 years. I don't care if you're 5 or if you're 95. You have a decision to make today. You've got to decide who you're going to be from this point forward. Your one decision will affect so many it was one decision, one act of obedience that seated you as a Christian at the right hand of the Father. It was one decision to obey that set the Egyptians free. It was one decision to forgive that led Joseph to save his people when they had done the most unimaginable things to him. It was one act of obedience that caused a 56-year-old illiterate plumber to become such an anointed man of God that we still talk about Smith Wigglesworth today. I don't care who you are. Young, old, illiterate, or well-versed. Sitting in the throne with the Pharaoh or sitting in prison. It was one act of obedience that changed all of them, that changed all of us. Your one decision today. Members of your own family are being held captive. What are you going to decide? 
don't let unforgiveness cause them to die starving for the bread of life when you've got it in abundance. It's time that each and every one of us put ourselves down, pick up our destiny, and be the hero that we're called to be, that this world needs. Women, it's not all for men. You're called to be wonder women. You're called to make them wonder how you can be that Proverbs 31 woman. You're called to make them wonder why does her business prosper? Why do her kids rise up and call her blessed when mine don't want to even be seen with me? You make them wonder. Men, rise up. You're called to be super. You're called to lead people out of bondage. You're called to love your family so ferociously that you're willing to give all for them as Christ did for the church. It's time for families to look like what God's called them to be. And it's going to start with the man of God. Rise up, men. It's time for you to be so walking so closely with your daddy that the enemy can't stand in your presence. This is who you're called to be. And here's the great news. We have no kryptonite. There's no one, anything that can hurt us except for ourselves. This is, this is why we're not led by our heart, our feelings, our emotions. Don't follow your heart. Follow the word of God. Follow the leading of God. He's leading you to more. He's telling you, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He's telling you, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. You're called to greatness because he who abides in you is great. And if you're sitting here now and he's not abided with you before, he can today. Bow your heads. there is anybody in here that is hearing this and saying I need more I've come I've checked my box I've heard about God but I've not experienced him and I need to experience him today I'm tired of being lost I'm tired of being in despair I'm tired of hurting or I'm just tired of not feeling I need God today I want you to raise your hand if that's you. You may have sat in church for 60 years, but you're hungering to experience God. You're hungering to encounter him. If that's you, raise your hand. All right, wonderful. Now I want you to open your eyes. By your own confession, each and every person in here has believed in their heart and confessed with their mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. Each and every person in here accepts that call to greatness. Don't you walk out of here the way you walked in. Because no longer are we without information. No longer 
are we stupid. We have heard his word. We have heard his call. No longer are you willing or able to walk out of here and blend in with the world. So I'm challenging you today because by your own confession, you know the Lord and Savior. By your own confession, you know what he has done for you. So I am challenging you to step up now. Be who you are called to be. You are a hero. I don't care what you look like. I don't care what you feel like. I don't care what your business card does or doesn't say. Whether you have a job, no job. I don't care what the world sees on your resume. Do they see God in you? Do they see God through you? Do they feel his fire when they get close? Here's who you are. These are all scriptures. And I want you to listen to these. Close your eyes if you need to. Leave them open. Here's who you are. I am chosen of God, holy and dearly loved. I have been given a spirit of power, love, and self-discipline. I am an enemy of the devil. I am forgiven on the account of Jesus' name. I am anointed by God. I am born of God. And the evil one, you can't touch me. I am more than a conqueror through Christ who loves me. I am victorious through Jesus Christ. I reign in Christ. Go out of here today and reign. Go out of here today so full of him that the world either runs or they get engulfed in his flames. Because it's time for a decision. Be it he comes in two years or 2,000 years, it's time for the world to make a decision. But it starts with Christians making a decision. Who are we going to be? Don't settle to be a bench warmer. You're called to be the all-star. You're called to greatness. It's who you are. Stand with me, please. Father, we come today and we thank you, Lord, that we know you. Thank you, Father, that we have encountered you. And Lord, we humbly ask for forgiveness for sitting on the sidelines. But Lord, we ask right now for all of you. Lord, 
we ask for an encounter so strong that we can't forget it. It's not something that happened one day. We vaguely remember. But Lord, we ask for all of you for an encounter so strong that we can't shake it, that we can't forget about it, that we can't put it on the back corner. So strong, Lord, we encounter you that we must go out and tell people about who you are. Lord, we long to know you so real that we don't need designated prayer times because we don't go throughout a moment throughout our day without being in fellowship with you. But Lord, thank you for blessing our prayer times with such sweetness. Thank you, Father, that we can get alone with you. That we can have a date with you where you just love on us and we just love on you. Thank you, God, that you were so real to us. And Lord, I thank you that your love was so real for us. That you sent your son to die for us. Lord, right now, we reaffirm our dedication of our life to you. We confess you, Lord, as our Savior. We confess that Jesus died on the cross for our sins and he rose from the dead so that we could be seated in heavenly places. And Lord, we will spend the rest of our lives telling the world about you. We won't be some cheapened superhero like in the comics. We will be your spirit-filled heroes changing this world because they need you. Because you've empowered us. And because it's who you've called us to be. So we accept that call right now. In Jesus' name. And I thank you for it, Lord. I thank you for believing in us when we couldn't see it in ourselves. Thank you for filling us with your Holy Spirit each and every day. We receive it, and we love you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.